Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 74 of Internet Marketing. I am Andy White as usual and in the laboratory joins me... Mr. Kelvin Newman. And is this a questions and answers? Yes, we've got a Q&A session booked in for today. And I do have uh, the paper printed out versions of the questions, but yes. before that, yes. we have an audio question, don't we, from Mr. Eric Sunberg. Should we have a listen? Yes. Uh, good morning, guys. This is Eric Sunberg from Richmond, Virginia, USA. Uh, listen to all your podcasts and I have a question. Uh, I have a 10-year-old Plain Jane website that scores top three in Google, uh, Yahoo, Bing, and most other search engines for most of my keyword phrases. It generates about 500 uniques a day and about 80% of my business. However, I know it would do better if it was had a facelift and better conversion. Uh, there's SEO errors all over the place. I'm concerned about tweaking it because I have in the past and blown my scores out with Google. What would you just suggest for a facelift? Uh, doing a new, new website, uh, just converting the files over slowly, or just rip it up and close my eyes and hope for the best? Uh, thanks for your help. Yeah, interesting question about site redesigns there. Um, first off, probably... A quick plug here, sorry about that, but um, you, you'll have known from a couple of weeks ago we announced the um, the premium um, service um, at premium.internetmarketingpodcast.org. One of the best practice documents we've launched there um, is a guide to SEO and site redesign. But to right. give Eric a few quick tips, um, you know, he is right to be concerned about the process of going through a site redesign because that can have quite a significant impact on your rankings, particularly if you're doing very well already. And there is a danger that you might lose some of those rankings. I mean, there's ways you can mitigate that. Straight off the bat, I would say, is if he is going to go through that and he is performing very well, try to keep the content of the pages as similar as possible. So you've got the same text there, you've got them on the same URLs, and all of that's as similar as possible. All that you're changing is the site readers, you know, the the, the visual look. The, the look of it, yes, the human look of it, yeah. Because that's going to mitigate that risk there. Because if, you, mm. if he's got a site that's doing very well, what, the reasons it's doing well is the title tags, the content, the inbound links, the URL structure, and all that fitting together, the information architecture. So I would say if he's concerned about it, try and keep as much of that as similar as possible. Mm. Um, I probably wouldn't go down the route of launching a brand new site because it's going to struggle to outrank the current one. He might be able to test 
I can see his point that it's kind of like, well, I've got this site that's doing very well. I'm not happy with it. So if I design another one, see how that does. And if it's doing better, replace it. But the problem is it's not going to have all those links or the, the no, equity sure. that yeah. Eric's built up over the last sort of, you know, 10 years or so. He's talking about his site there. So yeah, that is the danger. Um, I probably wouldn't go down the launching a brand new site one. If he is concerned and still um, doesn't want to take, keeps everything the same, but still is concerned about it, that process of slowly changing over the, the design can mm. reduce that risk. So maybe you change a couple of internal pages first and see if their rankings drop and that kind of thing can work quite well, but very time consuming. And I know you've got you know quite a bit of experience in web design, Andy. I can imagine from your perspective, you know that would be not the most intuitive way of doing it. It's kind of nice to get a clean break, I would have thought. I'm actually interested by his question because he mentioned um, something about SEO errors. Yeah. I'm just trying to wonder what he meant by that. Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose, I suppose what I assume Eric's um, getting at there, um, and this is sometimes what's nice to have these follow-up questions that we're yes, trying to do with these live we could do with an interactive show here, couldn't but, we? <laughs> but um, like, I me- like I mentioned, but yeah, the, I suppose what he means there is the... Um, there are things about it which he could improve from an SEO point of view. So it might be maybe he's not got the yeah. ability to edit the alt text or he's, you know, knows that there's areas of the site that don't get spider particularly well because they're buried in the navigation. Mm. So normally, actually, people people come to us and say, oh, I'm really concerned about changing my site. Will I lose all my rankings? But if you do the redesign properly, all of the benefits of what you're doing correctly will mm. outweigh the initial downside of what of the change mm. and then when Google realise that you've changed all your redirects get transferred over you end up better off so that's always another top tip for if you're redesigning is um, get everything you possibly can right um, because then that will reduce the risk of anything you know of a reduction in traffic there just going back to that original question that you asked me a couple of minutes yeah. ago actually about experience with changing sites mm. I mean I my experience is mainly with content management systems yeah. specifically WordPress and yeah. I don't think um, Eric mentioned what he was using I'm not sure if it's a static site or was using some yeah. sort of content management system um, content management systems if they're anything like WordPress will make it easier to change the appearance mm. without losing any of the data but if it is a static site yeah it is a bit fiddly, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that is one of the benefits of sites like WordPress, yeah, because when you yeah. change a theme, um, the theme, you know, the text sort of doesn't really change. What's mm. the, what's actually there for Google doesn't change. What changes is how it's presented to the um, to the search, to the user, sorry, rather than the search engine. The search engine sees the completely plain text version, mm. whereas the actual user sees all the, you know, the pretty yeah. fonts and the colours yes. and the layout that you work on. Yes, the humanness of it. Yeah. Uh, so in essence, you reckon just a... Uh, it sounds like it's got good ranking already. It's, yeah. it's just a slow change of the appearance of the site. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I, there were sort of three options there, wasn't there? Which was um, build a new separate site. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. such a good idea. Yeah. Um, and then there's the two options, which is change it slowly or make a big break. Mm. Um, it, I suppose it depends on how dated you feel it is and how unhappy you ha- are. Because if you think it's a really dated site, there's a good possibility it might not be doing very well from a conversion rate point mm, of view. Mm. So you might make the site change. It tanks in Google a little bit. You get like 50% less traffic. Mm. But if you can make that traffic convert better, you might end up being in about the same place. Yeah. So I would tend to probably always go for the complete redesign, but be aware of the risks of that change. It's interesting, isn't it? It's, di- it's dichotomy between getting traffic to the site, which is yeah. kind of SEO, yeah. and then getting the people to do what you want them to do once mm. they're at the site, which is like conversion, the yeah. conversion side of it. And that bit's the one that has the most influence. Because yeah. until you're getting, you know, there's an argument that until you're getting a really, really good conversion rate, you shouldn't be spending your money on getting new traffic to the site. You should mm. be spending your money on improving that conversion rate. 
Okie dokie. Let's move on to some of these paper questions now. As Good old-fashioned paper. paper. Makes a papery noise. Um, Okie dokie. This is from Andy Thorne. Mm-hmm. Uh, from outstandingbranding.com. There you go, free mm-hmm. plug. Kelvin, uh, good morning. Uh, please, could I have a secret screencast? There you go. You yes. send him a secret screencast? Yeah, the secret screencasts actually now are all up on premium.internetmarketingpodcast.org under the free videos. So we've got okay. all the sections that are the premium content. Oh. If you go to the free bit, you get all the previous Excellent. secret screencasts and future secret screencasts. So there are free bits on the premium section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Um, I have a question as well. Uh, we, Outstanding Branding, are a supplier of promotional merchandise and have a website, outstandingbranding.com, mm-hmm. and a new blog site, which is uh, corporategiveaways.biz. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question is for SEO purposes. Would it be better for corporategiveaways.biz to be branded and follow the Outstanding Branding site colour, slash fonts, etc., and be promoted as the blog for the main site, or is it better to keep it different with only references to outstanding branding in anchor text? Mm. Mm. It depends, <laughs> which is, uh, I could probably prefix most of our we questions. We say that a that, lot, yeah, don't yeah. we? Yeah. But it is, in a lot of these cases, there's you know various tensions at play. And I'll start off by saying that normally um, we recommend, and you know we, this the way that we tend to recommend you know, throughout the podcast when we've done this Q and A says if you're launching a new blog for your company, host it in a subfolder of your site. So rather than say have a completely separate blog, mm. nine times out of ten, you're best to have it on your main company site because that means that if that blog gets links, your main company site benefits. And what should you call that subdirectory? So so for example you've got example.com slash blog that's normally what i would go for blog Blog, yeah Yeah, um just because it makes it easy for everyone to understand what it is if it's Mm. a blog you know you call a spade a spade don't you so that's (laughs) that's my approach there so makes sense i would say that that would always be my preferred one rather than the two domains um which is the the approach that we've got here Mm. um but if you are going across two domains they're effectively seen as two different websites by google yes so from that point of view you don't really need to make them look the same unless you kind of want that to fit into a bigger branding messaging point of view. So it, the fact that those two sites might have the same design won't necessarily bene- make Google see the connection between them there. So you don't have to make them the same is what I would say. So if you are, you're doing it from a design point of view to try and make it consistent. What I will say is if you are launching two separate websites like that, it's okay to link between them, but you probably won't be getting any equity from those links. There won't be any Google trust um, passing through those links because, you know, Google will be able to see if they're all hosted on the same server, you know, for a start. That's one that they're they're able to tell if it's all the who is. So who owns the domain is the same for those two websites. They're pretty good at determining when you've got these links between sites. So it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Mm. but you're not going to benefit them. So what I'm saying is here is don't go setting up 200 blogs and linking them all back to your homepage because you won't get any benefit out of that. Right. Can, I, can I throw a curvy spanner into the works? Yeah, go for it. Curvy spanner coming up. Um, you mentioned that um, a subdirectory is probably better than a separate domain. What about a subdomain? Blog.example.com. Yeah, um, I mean, it's an interesting one. And it's similar to actually when we were talking about international versions of the site a yeah. couple, probably a month or two ago now. Mm. Um, a subdomain, so that is like... So, like for the premium, the premium one, we've got premium dot internet marketing dot yes. um, mm. org. Um, that won't benefit. It's treated as connected to that domain name, but it won't benefit from all of the links that the main site has. Okay. So um, it's kind of a halfway house that you don't really get any of the benefits of it being 
on the site and you don't really get any of the benefits of being a separate site because there is a benefit of doing it on a separate site sometimes where it's, mm. it's completely freestanding campaign because they're talking about corporate giveaways there that might have a slightly different audience yeah so their main business it might be a specific subset of their their audience that they're trying to target if that's the case then actually a separate domain name can work quite well yes because if there's a kind of coherent separate audience for that blog then it might make sense to host it separately and at that point you're ignoring the seo side of things because i always come with these decisions you know these recommendations with an seo hat on but you know i've kind of got social media side i've kind of got a you know email marketing side and all these different disciplines and sometimes from those points of view it can actually make sense to have it as a separate site but what Mm. i would say is if the audience of the blog and the corporate site are exactly the same don't spend your time building two separate websites just build one and a subdomain probably not the best you know none of the real benefits of it being on your site and none of the real benefits off the site interesting if they've got different kind of audiences Mm. which are self-contained and ideally not overlapping too much and maybe the separate domains the route to go for. So it does sound like a subdirectory is the way to go. Yes, yeah, subdirectory okay. over subdomain in nine out of ten situations. Okay, fascinating. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Alex Geiger. I hope I'm pronouncing your surname correct. Alex G A I G E R. Um, Alex asks, um, guys, love the podcast. Keep up the strong work. One question, where is the search box on your site? I didn't see it within the first five seconds of perusing your homepage. I've got I'm surprised it's not more visible. You naughty boy, Calvin. There's, there is a, there's a reason for that. This is on the main <laughs> don't site. Make, don't make me think This is says. on the main site visibility, um, .co.uk website. Um, there is a reason for this, and I can, I can see his point of view there. But Explain why it's my not there, logic so that we can all not make the same mistake. Yeah, now, this, is, yeah, this isn't a... It could be a couple of shoe situation, you know. Mm, oh, but, absolutely, but, yeah. But the, it was an active decision for us not to include the search there because nine times out of ten, on-site search is terrible. Um, and you'll find... What, generally speaking? Yeah, generally speaking. Yeah. I, and I, I don't know if, from your experience as well, Andy, but you know when I go into well, an WordPress on-site search... Really, WordPress does a pretty good it job. It does an okay job, but okay. I would hope that the navigation of the site, um, you know, helps navigate there. So it was, it was an active decision, but yeah, fair play. If people are expecting a search box, then maybe it shouldn't be there. But I'd be interested to hear, you know, if anyone wants to get in contact, so you can drop me an email at mm. um, newman at sitevisibility.com or via the Twitter tag... Um, IMPC, if you put yeah. a hash IMPC, we'll pick that up. Do you think every site should have on-site search, particularly if it's a relatively small site where you're only dealing with a couple of hundred, you know, a couple of hundred pages maybe? But I, I know he did have another question rather than just slagging well, me he, off. He did. <laughs> and also I would say, this is this is the guy that interviewed Jakob Nielsen a couple of weeks ago, uh, the usability guy, who I'm sure, I might yes. be wrong, Jakob, but Jakob, if you're listening, yeah. I'm sure Jakob would say, always have a search yeah, box they, for every it, page. Yeah, it's, it's one of those ones where we did have a reason for it, but yeah, I can see the did point. Did we explain what the reason we don't have one is? Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Yeah, yeah, the reason is is because um, I think that they're so terrible and hopefully that, oh, right, okay. you know, if you actually go through to the blog where the podcast is located, yes. there's a search functionality there. Yes, so you yes, can yes. search within the podcast. Well, and so. also, because it's a WordPress site, and mm. when people type in internetmarketingpodcast.org, it actually yeah. redirects yeah. to the site visibility blog, yeah. where the podcast is, for the category of internet yeah. marketing podcast. Yeah. Does that mean the search box won't be there? By no, default? no, no, there is a search box there okay, on, right. that, on that level. Right, part two of uh, Alex's question. I'm searching for an answer to this question. How did you guys put the show notes slash summary on the podcast title screen on iPhone, brilliant. Yeah, that's, that's me. That's my. Well, yeah. No, this is it. yeah. This this is your 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 department, Andy. It's really easy, Alex. The iPhone is a funny blighter, and basically, sorry, blighter is an English word that just means funny thing. Um, it's a bit of a swear word. Actually, might have to remove that from the from the podcast. Uh, basically, if you put uh, if you copy the description mm. uh, from the leave it in the comment. Sorry, let me, let me just back up a minute. No. If you're in iTunes, yep. which is what I use to tag my MP3 files, mm. and you do, on a, on a PC, I think it's Control-I, on a Mac, it's Commander-I, which brings mm. up the little information box, or just go right-click, get info, mm. you can actually use iTunes to fill in the tags on an MP3 yeah. file. And if you look on the main, the, the first tab that you see, the sort of general info tab, at the bottom there's a comments mm-hmm. uh, box, well, I always put the show notes and the comments in there, but mm-hmm. here's the clever bit. I also copy those comments into the lyrics field, which is a separate tab. Okay. Now, the iPhone, when you double tap a playing podcast, shows you the lyrics over the top of the artwork. Oh, I so see. So it sort of shadows out the artwork a bit. Yeah. You can still see it. Yeah. And it sort of makes the, the lyrics appear on the front. And it's mm. as simple as that. So just get into the habit when you're making podcasts or MP3s that you want to play on an iPhone, to copy, don't don't cut them from the comments, just copy them from the comments and also paste them into the lyrics, lyrics tab. You'll find, actually, as a rule, it's, it, the, the, the lyrics tab is, is much easier to format, you'll notice as well. Mm. The comments tab is a funny little box, and it, you have to be careful. If you try and do a carriage return, you often find yourself hopping out of the field, but in the lyrics mm. tab, it's a much bigger sort of editing Text area. Field, yeah. And you'll find it's easier. So you might even find it's easier to type it straight into the lyrics and then copy and paste mm. that into the back into the comments. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's what that's all you do, just to make it appear um, as it does on the iPhone. So there you go. Yeah, nice one. Next question. Yes. From Mr. Paul Rich. Yes. Um, imp question. It must be an internet marketing podcast. Yeah. Uh, inducing users to click on ads. Really good question. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, hang on a minute, let me get this right. Uh, oh, no, that's, that's, that's your response yes, to his email. Yes. Let's go down to the proper email. Hi, Kelvin. Uh, love the show. Um, did an email a while back, uh, a question that I think is a very good one. Um, I don't think it was you I sent it to, but I never heard it on the show, although I appreciate you must get many questions. We try and include all of them, so no, cheers to sending that one through again on that, on that one, Rich. I'll, I'll have a quiet oh, Paul, word. Sorry. I'll, have, I'll, have a, I'll have a quiet word with them about ignoring emails <laughs> after the show. Um, it seems uh, the most common business model for sites is advertising. How much is it appropriate for the website owner to push users to click on ads? I think it's particularly important in terms of Google advertising. If a site is using PPC, that's pay-per-click, mm. then money is made by just clicking on the ads without the user having to part with any cash. Uh, it seems like a win-win situation, but not for Google. How much do Google take an interest in the content of a site on which they put ads? Would they penalise a site for asking users to click on ads as this might not be considered organic? I feel this issue would be very interesting if covered by the show. Thanks very much. Keep up the good work. What's your opinion on this, Calvin? Okay, well, the straightforward answer is if you're talking about AdSense, so that's where Google ads appear on your website, so you've got a blog, you've included Google AdSense, if you encourage people to click those links, Google will ban you and Ooh. you lose any money that you've currently got in the system. So okay. first off, don't do that. Because extremely going, dangerous. Yeah, extremely dangerous. And okay. there's hundreds of examples where people have been banned for doing that. Um, in terms of generally, um, so if you're not using Google AdSense, you're using another advertising platform, encouraging people to click on your adverts. Um, uh, it, it's difficult, really, because the argument goes that if you're building a website and your adverts are there, should you be encouraging people to go off to another website? On the one hand, no, because you want them to stay there. But on the other hand, mm. no one would ever advertise on you if you if there weren't clicks there. Mm. What I would say is with banner advertisements, again, it would seem a bit unprofessional to encourage people to click on the links but if you do have things where you're wanting to drive your customers maybe you should be looking at affiliate marketing as a means to to generate income so affiliate marketing um, we touch on a lot but if none of you have come across it before that's where you sign up with a network um, actually on premium.internetmarketingpodcast.org we've got a list of affiliate networks so I can recommend Mm. signing up for in the UK and States so as a publisher you sign up for these and you can see who they're um advertisers are so say for example i've got a website about cycling Mm. and i sign up for affiliate window in the uk and they have a relationship with evans a big cycle shop here in the uk so then whenever i um, mention a product that's on evans website i use a special link so i don't just link to evanscycles.com i use a win one two seven you know a special code that you use yeah there. that says it's from your website yeah, it says yeah. it's from my website and then yeah. if anyone goes through and buys that i get a commission on that mm. so it's like i think on the i don't know from my cycling website i think it's about five percent or something from mm. um from um from evans there and you've got this for just about every conceivable sector in 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 the world and that's how Websites like Money Supermarket, Money Saving Expert, that's how they make their money, Mm. just by sending people through to links that they get a little bit of a kickback from. So if you want to make money by encouraging people to do certain things, then affiliate marketing is the preferred way of doing that. Um, Definitely don't do it for AdSense because you'll get banned. Mm. And if you've got some kind of alternative banner system, it might be in the terms and conditions that you aren't to encourage people because... The advertiser only wants genuine people who are legitimately interested in their product. That's the only reason they want to pay for that. They don't want to be paying for someone who's going to do you a favour. Mm. Um, so, yeah, um, not commonly um, a practice that I would recommend. Yeah, yeah, it, d- it does make sense what you're saying because if you think about it, you should only really be encouraging people to to to, to do business with people that you want to promote and probably therefore have an affiliate relationship yeah. with. Um, 
Yeah, the, the idea of encouraging people to just generally click on the ads on the left yeah. or the right or at the top. Yeah. I, I can see why Google will get very upset mm. about that. Yeah, And talking about affiliate links as well, probably six, well, I don't know how long ago it was now, but a while back we interviewed, um, if you go back through the archive, um, we interviewed Alice um, Navarra, I think was her surname, apologies if I've got that wrong, from Skim Links. And Skim Links is yeah. a little bit of a plugin you can put on your site that automatically checks any outbound links you've got against a database of affiliate schemes and signs you up automatically for them. So you don't have to actively opt into an affiliate mm. scheme. If you link to Evans, buy, you know you only ever link to them once, but then five people go through and buy a bike off the back of that. You can get some money from that as well. So it's well worth looking into that one um, for an option there. Excellent. Let's move on to, I think it's the final question. Let me yes. have a feel of the piece of paper. And indeed it is the last piece of paper. Um, who's this one from? Ant. We've actually We've answered. heard from Ant yeah, before. Well, yeah, I think Ant sent this one in as yes. a follow-up question. Ant Stone, I remember Ant. Yes. Um, hi, Calvin. I have a question. Um, let me just readjust my piece of paper. I have a question which you could possibly cover in the podcast. Uh, I've been writing a travel blog for a few years. It has a low re- readership, uh, but a relatively high rank compared to similar blogs. My question is, I've kept the blog on the same theme uh, since the blog's inception i.e. skin, I presume yeah. he's using a WordPress site. Yeah. Uh, but as with all males in the world, I've seen bigger, better, and more powerful themes. <laughs> yes, size does matter. Um, will, will changing my WordPress theme affect anything from an SEO perspective? And what kind of built-in features should I look for in a new theme? As an afterthought, is changing the WordPress theme a good time to do anything else, such as housekeeping, security, etc.? Uh, my site is www.trailofants.com and thanks to everyone who makes the podcast possible. It is without doubt the most anticipated podcast subscription and I'm an avid fan of the medium. Oh, isn't that oh, nice? Oh, it's kind words, kind but words. It, but it's, it's also bigging up podcasting in general. Yeah, though. no, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of the, the, the medium as yeah. a whole as well. But yeah. Thanks, Ant. Right, what's the answer? We actually serendipitously, is that how you say that? Say that quick. Yeah. We sort of touched on this a little bit earlier when we were talking about the redesigns, weren't we? Um, to Eric's question. Yeah. Um, Actually, yeah, um, WordPress kind of uses a standardized sort of markup, um, you know, and and the PHP that it uses is generally quite similar. So when most of the time you change themes, it doesn't have a huge impact on the code that Google see. It does mm. if you're changing like, okay, you're going from three column menu, you know, three column design to a two column design or any of those kind of things that could have an impact. But generally when you're changing themes, it's not going to have a huge impact on your rankings. Um, there are, there are quite a lot of, um, and I'll include in the show notes, um, some sort of premium themes like thesis, which allow you to do a lot of the design yourself. I've heard of these. You have to be careful how you say that, don't you? Yeah. Thesis. Yes. yes, I've heard of this one. Um, which is kind of a premium one, which kind of comes as in a default look, but then within it allows you to do a lot yes. of the design yourself, yes. which is hugely powerful. Yeah. Um, and quite a lot of WordPress developers use it as a framework yes. to build their own personal. Yeah, I've things. heard of these because there are others, and I can't remember, for the life of me, I can't remember their names. We'll add some to the uh, show notes, won't we? Because we'll have to whack them on the show notes. But basically, yeah, this is this is a, a theme that is so clever that you can adjust the theme itself. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I would say um, if you're unhappy with your current theme, changing it in WordPress probably won't have as much impact as a general site design, mm. as we were saying, but don't change it too lightly because it could have some impact. But um, as Ant was saying, it might be the opportunity then at that point to consider improving some other things. So if you've got a permalink structure in WordPress, it's not particularly friendly. Yeah. Maybe that's the point to turn that on and get that sorted. Um, other things to bear in mind as well. You talked a bit about security and we did a bit of a WordPress security special. Yes, that was on your brain dump yeah. a few weeks ago. 
I love WordPress, mm. but it is so easily hacked if you don't keep it up to date. Mm. And at which point it becomes terrible when you're just asking to get yourself banned from Google without, you know, without even doing anything wrong just by not updating. So you've got to keep that updated. Um, so yeah, that's- just as a little addendum there. I mean, I uh, just before we recorded this, I was with uh, a colleague. Had a meeting with a colleague this morning, and he yeah. was telling me how he actually has runs a sort of mini ISP. Yeah, and he was telling me how. Um, is it three or four of his clients were hacked simultaneously because of an SQL injection attack? Yeah. Because uh, somebody was using a weak pod, um, weak podcast, a weak password. Yeah, it was just a dictionary word. Don't use dictionary yeah. words as passwords. Yeah. Another top tip for security on WordPress is don't delete the admin account. Yeah. So create a new one that might be Andy seventy four or mm. you know whatever it is that's the you know your your username. Don't use admin because. There's two things they've got to hack to get into WordPress. It's your username and your password. Mm. If you make your username admin, they've already got that one sorted. So yeah, then yeah. they've only just got to run dictionary words through there until they get something that hit. The other that thing sticks. is, um, he was talking about, um, I'm assuming, uh, Ant, that you're up to date, knowledgeable on yep. the good plugins like yep. um, All-in-One SEO. Kelvin, do you use that one? Yeah, that, I plugin. recommend that one quite highly, All-in-One yeah. SEO. That's one of the standard plugins I always put into WordPress sites. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that one's really good. Um, comment Relish is another one. Yeah. And this isn't deliberate. These questions have come in, but that's another one that we've done a best practice paper okay. on for the premium, um, <laughs> the premium site as well. It's a list of like the 20 essential um, WordPress plugins that we've got okay. there. Brilliant. Excellent. I think that concludes our questions. Have we fully answered, answered Anthony's question? There? Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Try and knowledge. Yeah, just to, just to say on that front as well, um, we're still taking all the audio, the text and audio Q&As for the the regular podcast and we're also in the process of introducing some live video ones where we can respond and answer to questions as part of the premium service as well excellent nice one so i will bid farewell i'm andy white i'm kelvin newman adieu from me see you next week have a great week all the best well that's it for today thank you so much for listening you can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three. 256150 if you're inside the UK it's 01273 256150 and you can leave a voice comment or question and we'll play it on the show also we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself well that's it for now Andy White signing off until next week on internet marketing When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 